everybody. It's uh, so good to be with you again. It's so good to be with my friends here today. Welcome to The Subversive, episode number two. Just two, but those are fireworks going off in the background. Yeah. Title of this episode, What the What? Yes. What the what? What? Which I was told last week by someone that that's not in anymore. We're not going to name names. Yeah. But they are looking at me. Yeah. You said that wasn't in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot. He forgot. That, that sounds like something I would say, though, because it, it's still true this week. Well, okay. So I did a little research since that's the title, oh, which no. I, I love titles. So I'll give you an alternative title if you don't like the what the what, because uh, last week was what the why. Mm-hmm. Alternative title today is the divine upheaval. Ooh. That's good. Mm. I still like what the what, whether it's in or not. Yeah. It's, it's, it is in, daggone it. <laughs> Here's how. I did some research. It came from uh, Tina Fey on 30 Rock. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, because it was a substitute that, for cuss words. It that was went like, off the air like over a decade ago. Touche. Touche. I wouldn't know. All I have is Netflix. <laughs> However, Tina Fey is still very relevant. Yes. So. Yeah, she's on those credit card commercials. Mm-hmm. She's my hero. So there's something. Yes, and also wrote Mean Girls around the same time as What the What, I believe. What the What? So yeah, What the What is what you say when you're in company. You're like, you don't want to say like, what the cuss word. You say, yeah. what the what? Yeah. But we're creative here, obviously. <laughs> so this is a little double entendre. Ooh. What the what? Like, what are we doing? What are we yep. up to? Yep. What is the thing? And like, why did we brand it this? Like, what is subversive or what is subversion? So we're at the wonderful Upshot in their, uh, what is this, a meeting space? Let's call it that. What's it next to? <laughs> a patio. No. It looks an awful lot like a sidewalk. <laughs> an extra wide sidewalk <laughs> with some chairs and tables back there. Yeah. It, it was an accidental patio. We'll just call it that. Yeah. Now, that's no... <laughs> Connor's going to listen to this. No offense <laughs> to Connor. It's a good use of the sidewalk. Yeah. It's now a patio. So we're at Upshot. Come check it out. We're all drinking some cold brew. Yep. Uh, yep. You'll definitely get it up here. Their staff is super knowledgeable. Um, we usually give them a shout out uh, for one of their their items. I'm going to shout out their ice cream. I've already eaten a cookie. Okay. And you, then I went back and bought another one for my wife. That's true. Wow. Yeah. It was a good cookie. If Just you, chocolate chip. If you eat it on the way home, though, and she... Nope. Can't nope. do that. Okay. Well, he said it. Okay. To all of our listeners. So. I know that's what I'm saying. He's accountability. He's in trouble now. <laughs> if he shows up with no cookie and she hears this episode two weeks later, <laughs> she's like, Hey, that one cookie. Um, so we are at Upshot. Uh, we're so grateful for them because they just let us have their space after they close and very cooperative. Um, so first things first on the agenda. Um, why this is very serious. What the what and divine upheaval. Here's where we're going today. First things first, why are Crocs back in? Were they ever out is my first question. And um, I, I have to I, reject the question. I have to reject the question. I can't even handle they're, that. They're highly functional. Um, they oh are. Gosh. I think you're missing the point. Easy slip on. <laughs> it was slip not off a genuine shoes. question. It no. was more of a like I'm offend, offended that I'm, they're back in. Yeah, and I'm concerned I that have he likes pair. Crocs. Yeah, and I there it is. Oh, that's so. what it is. <laughs> For all of our listeners out there, if you have Crocs, you need to check yourself. Yeah. What the what? <laughs> what no, the what? They're they're wonderful house shoes oh or <laughs> casual. Oh 
stroll shoes. Okay, you're done. You're done. Answer my question, Kyle. Why? What? Like, why are they back in? Uh, You got me. Like popular, like teenagers, like, oh, we're the cool kids. They have Crocs. Have you worn a pair of Crocs? They're comfortable. Is it similar to, I don't know, sometimes the thing that just doesn't make any sense comes comes back? Yeah. And then it defines them? Because it's so nerdy. Yeah. You mean like tube socks? Because I never understood that. I don't want it to sound judgy. You know, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. They like them. I've never worn a pair. I I have a pair. I'll let you, I'll let you borrow mine. (laughs) Wow. My world (laughs) has just been rocked. Wait, Chad has a pair of Crocs. You can't ask that question if you have. But listen, I can because I don't wear them out of the house. Oh. Yeah. No, no. I would say rarely i do i okay we're gonna have to stop this episode kyle can't handle either me or jacob right now (laughs) the episode's over thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen um okay just something to ponder like trends they come and go why are crocs back in like you see Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna write that in my journal this this is a little bit i guess too much me and how i function i recently read an article about uh, I guess people are trying to spread rumors that Crocs were actually going like out of business. They weren't successful and stuff. And Crocs sent out emails and like publications and stuff saying, no, no, we quite the opposite. We're doing very well. Uh, well, it's like that. Do you guys remember that um, car company Saturn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? It's vaguely it? familiar. But yeah. So when they were going down, I remember their commercials that would come on and they would say, um, s- literally Saturn, we're still around. <laughs> <laughs> we're still that's around. Like, yeah. That's like the Jim Gaffigan joke. I still live near you. <laughs> I'm still- sending a postcard to your neighbor. I'm still here. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. So, uh, the subversive, like, why did we brand it the subversive and what are we doing? And I just want to say, I- I'm not usually into life statements and mission statements. I don't know if I- anyone out there has, you know, if you're just an achiever, like you're an Enneagram type three and you're winning at everything and that's great. Um, that's you. I'm jealous. That's not me. Uh, you probably already have like a life mission statement. You know what you're up to while you're here and all that. I don't, (laughs) I've been working on, actually I do now, but I've been working on one for a while. Um, but doing like what we're doing right now with the podcast and the magazine has really kind of forced me into, uh, tightening up some of those areas and like really examining, okay, who am I? What am I here to do? What really, how do I capture that makes the most sense. So here's the mission statement of the subversive. It's to cultivate reflective, wholehearted living through the artistic spoken and written word. I think that's what we're up to. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You like that? Does it move you? Yeah. Let me read it again to cultivate reflective, wholehearted living through the artistic spoken and written word. Yeah. I could tell both of you moved. (laughs) Well, I love wholehearted. Yeah. And I love artistic written and spoken word. So it's all good. Well, it's like what we talked about last week. We don't want to be half-hearted people. Right. We want to live wholeheartedly. And so this is the spoken word and it's a bit creative. It's a bit artistic. And then um, we have the magazine coming. And so that's going to be the written and also creative word. So excited about that. But here, here's the question. Um, here's the question for us. Anything of real growth potential, uh, anything that um, can really speak to the core of who we are and invite us to change, like how does that actually happen? That's something I think about genuinely. 
I don't say that sarcastic, like, oh, this keeps me up at night. <laughs> Not a lot <laughs> keeps me up at night. I struggle to sleep, but that doesn't mean I'm thinking about things. <laughs> yeah. But but how human beings change, that, That's I hard. think about that a lot. Yeah. And, and what do you think about this? Don't you think that's religion at its best is talking about those places or how human beings change so that they can engage the world in some sort of change? Yes. Yeah, I think that's the hope. Yes. It's the hope, in, yeah. in my opinion. Do you feel like we lost our way? I think it's easy to not have those conversations. How come? Because change is uh, really hard. So talking about something that for me feels a bit vague, like the roadmap is very vague to change and growth. So to discuss that is somewhat difficult. It's like name how you're changing or where you see growth to measure it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just easy to um, talk about all of the distractions. Oh, that's good. So it's it's difficult to even kind of wrap your head around. Yeah, for me it is. Maybe not, maybe not for others. No, I, th- I, I think for most. But then um, there's competing narratives. And one of those ones that you just mentioned is it's just easier to go the distraction route. Like yeah. numb myself or... Yeah, it reminds me of my favorite E. Cummings quote. I could share it, but oh, I have please to pull do. it up. All right, you pull that up, um, yeah. and yes, uh, I just I think even part of you know the mission statement for this podcast for me, like it, it is the artistic side, but for me, my mind immediately attached to reflective, mm-hmm. and I think that currently, all across our culture, not just like you know a religious church culture or something. I don't know that we, I think, I feel like we've lost the art of reflection. Yeah, that's good. And I think actually entering into reflection, like it's pretty easy to have the conversation about, oh, I think this is wrong or whatever, but I'm not reflecting actually on my contribution or lack thereof to whatever it is I'm speaking in. And I think it's harder for us because it's, we have to look at ourselves and say, maybe there's a problem with me to be truly reflective of whatever we're diving into yeah so i have to pause and start to ask hard questions about me yeah in the narrative in the culture in the politics in the story i have to pause because i i think gandhi said this um be the change you want to see but i don't know i think our natural tendency is to I'm going to make the change I want to see. Or I want you to change. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) I need to make, I need to make this change as in, I need to do something to you, to the system, to the country, to the, you know, business. If you lead a team, I need to do something to the team. But really what we're saying here is like, oh no, no, like it has to start with you. And in order to do that, it has to start with, some type of self-reflection. Yep. Yeah. And probably uncovering some things you don't like a whole lot. Yeah. So bust out the, bust out the e-comings about change. I think to be nobody but yourself in a world, which is doing its best night and day 
To make you everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting. Say it again. Say it again. Yeah, please read it again. That's incredible. We'll put that in the show notes too, friends. Yeah, it's excellent. To be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never stop fighting. That's why it's hard. Change for me feels like a fight. That's why like, I, I think about that quote all the time because it feels yeah. like a fight to not get it caught up in easy distractions and yeah, yeah, it's easy to coast. When, uh, so when Connor um, changed the brand here from Van Busker's Chocolate Bar to Upshot and everything that they were doing and all the work that he had to do, I asked him, what's it like to start a business? And uh, he said, it is like a nine to five, $8 an hour grind all the time. And I, th- I thought about that and I thought, okay, I think there's something there. I think that's what the growth process feels like. If we could connect it back to the E.E. E. Cummings quote, I think that's what the fight to be the authentic self. Yeah. Uh, which we're not just talking pop psychology here. We don't have to go into it, but this is completely Christian mysticism. Uh, The fight to be the true self, the true essence of who we were created to be and to not, uh, so to speak, put on all the masks that we think we need to put on and put before people. That's a fight. Oh yeah. That's a fight. Yeah. Sometimes you lose it. Yeah. Sometimes you win. Yeah. More times I lose it (laughs) than not. Um, The subversive, if you were to look it up in the dictionary, it'd say something like this. To be subversive or uh, subversion is seeking or intended to subvert an established system or institution. Like you're trying to overthrow something. And whenever I think about religion at its best, uh, I come from the Jesus tradition, the Christian worldview. Whenever I think about Christianity at its best, it's this, but usually not how we think of it. It is seeking to overthrow a system, but it's probably the system that we uh, think it's overthrowing. It's probably not that system. It's probably much deeper and much harder and much more like tattooed into our DNA than we think it is. That's why true change um Jesus laid the pattern down of crucifixion, resurrection. That's why true change always starts with death. It always starts. But that, that's not unique to Christianity. It's really not because you can look at how the world works and there's always death and renewal, death and renewal in the topsoil, decompos- death, decomposition, renewal. It's literally death, resurrection is in the ground. And so that's a, that's a paradigm for growth and for change um, that happens. And so the subversive is... It's, you have to make fun of it a little bit because to be subversive is to do things. Uh, you can do it, you know, kind of secretly hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we you title <laughs> when you title something the subversive, you have to mock it. Yeah, it should be a little more secretive than that. Yeah, tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Giving us kudos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of like you're poking yourself in the eye. Yeah. It, I don't mind it. Where's that, where that phrase come from? Poking yourself in the eye? Yeah, 1950s? 
I, I think it's or, way more out than um, what the what is is that a phrase? I don't know. I, I thought I just maybe, created yeah. it. Maybe we can oh, trademark. Pending. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, and here's here's you know where we're getting at with this. What are we doing? What's the subversive? Um, what are we aiming at? And I think it's upheaval. This is what growth is. As far as I understand it, as far as I understand how people actually change, because I do think people change, um, it's upheaval. It's topsy-turvy. It's upside down. It's not what you expect. It is uh, un unmeasurable. Like, oh, this has changed. Just do these 10 things. <laughs> right? And then you think you're changing, but on the inside, it's not quite measuring up. Yeah, if it's yeah, it feels a bit exhausting in that way because I'll, for me anyway, when I've done that, when I've like, oh, if I just do these things to change, I'll do them, and then I slip right back. Yep. Like I'm starting at step one, I get to step ten, before I know it, I'm back at step one, and I'm like, oh, that that was not lasting. And you're probably it was not tired. sincere. Yeah, I'm exhausted from <laughs> yeah. doing. I don't know, just trying really hard. And it's funny because change is trying really hard. I think it just looks different than what yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. It's, it, well, here's, here's how I describe it. True growth is always subversive. That means true growth doesn't knock on the front door, right. announce itself, uh, come in, and then just start moving the furniture. It like sneaks in through the side window, sits down in the living room, is quiet and still, subtly invites you to places you didn't think were there and 10 years later you start to realize oh oh change is here like yeah. change is happening it's it's like if we could use words to describe true change it's more falling down right mm -hmm. it's hu humility or humiliation um yeah. it's sacrifice it's awareness it's courage it's risking it's, it's risking go ahead yeah I, I think it's just stepping into the unknown Oh, that's good. Well, and what are we afraid of when we step into the unknown? All kinds of things. Like being judged, being misunderstood. I think sometimes you change and people don't fully understand it. Yeah. And it feels like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I should just <clears throat> go back. <laughs> the other way felt easier. <laughs> it's, un it's uncertainty. Yeah. Like you going into the unknown is complete like losing your certainty of this is how yeah, we do things. There's a letting go that is for me yeah. is scary. Yeah. I'm not a risk taker. Yeah. And I think when you said earlier, upheaval speaks to me a whole lot. Cause I think change has happened to me in the last two, two and a half years because of significant grief. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, in a sense that was on my front door. I didn't expect it. So it's like, here's all this terrible things. You're going to have to deal with this now or life's going to be pretty miserable yeah. from here on out. And I think that's true for most people because true change is going to get to the depths of who we are and it's going to invite us to some form of suffering. We don't naturally choose it. No. So it has to be upheaval. So, so ever, okay. So have you ever done something and it's like, you know, maybe you're planning on uh, doing a presentation at your job. Uh, maybe you're, you know, going to ask someone, a significant other out. Uh, maybe you're going to propose, maybe it's just this thing you're planning and trying to create. And then at the last second, something falls into place perfectly. And you're like, Oh, I couldn't yeah. have planned it any better. Yeah. So, so today uh, we had something that felt like upheaval. 
Um, so where we work at, like it was office moving day. Yeah. So I don't know if you've, if you've ever had to like move everything out of your office or even your house, like you have to take stuff down you start to realize like, man, you have so much more stuff than yeah. <laughs> yeah. it took forever to put up there. Um, but, but then you have to like pack it, leave your space, move it into an open space and then start the process of getting into another space. And I, several people i've talked to that feels like upheaval i don't know what do you yeah. what do you guys I mean, call me crazy 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 uh, <laughs> but not it's for me it's not as simple as saying you know time to pack up your stuff and let's just move your stuff well uh it's not just like work gear or work stuff that i'm packing i'm packing things that are personal i'm packing up photos i'm t- packing up uh, notes and different things that, you know, hold a very close place in my heart You're attached to these things. Yeah, very. And it's been a part of the space and now I'm removing it. I'm taking it out of that space that it, it's like a, for me, like my desk is like sacred workspace and it's mine. It's for me. It's curated the aesthetic would you say it's an extension of who you are absolutely right yeah it's good and so i'm taking that down i'm taking it apart and honestly right now it's not even put back together it's sitting in boxes in two different offices and just out in the open and so for me i'm also wrestling in my mind with like i feel so like naked Mm -hmm. and like exposed for my stuff's just there. Anyone could touch it. Anyone, yeah. could, anyone could take something from one of my shelves or I, I don't know. Unprotected. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a ton of insecurity and I know it sounds silly because it's it. like this, you know, these are just items, right? It, in the end, they're just items. I can't take well, but it with before me. Before we but, filter it, like right. you just use some really heavy emotive words like naked yeah exposed um unprotected that was mine but i'll use it for you um a sense of vul- like real vulnerability yeah yeah what about you like what was that like for you yeah i feel the same way it's like i mean my office is absolutely like i threw up my personality and heart all over the walls so right. to take all that down to box it up knowing i probably can't put all of it back up in the new space and like definitely over and over in my head, like, oh, I just can't put these things out where they're not locked behind a door. Like nobody's going to steal. <laughs> like uh, I'm so paranoid. Somebody's going to steal my stuff. I shouldn't be. Odds are that's not going to happen. Sure. But I'm just like, oh, but that's all me. I've been in that space for years. And it's like, that's my safety. Yeah. Like that's like, I'm comfortable there. So to do it does feel vulnerable and I'm not as concerned about the unknown because I'm moving into a space with people that I care a whole lot about, but it is like, oh, there's packing it up, unboxing it all again. And now it's completely different. It's a completely different space with now I'm with people before I wasn't, I was isolated. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're moving into the same space together, which has always kind of been a dream. But for me, I actually have even resistance to the move in general, because this is the, I think fourth time, third or fourth time I'm 
this is the fourth time I'm moving in an, about seven, seven and a half years. Yeah. And so like, I'm a person that thrives on stability and like knowing. And right now, a lot of what I'm experiencing and going through and having to decide and uh, just navigate is a lot of uncertainty and just doesn't help provide stability. I'm just like, Oh, well great. I'm going to move into this space. And what two years in two years, maybe I'm going to move again. Like, yeah, you don't know. I want home. It raises more questions. It raises more, um, challenging emotions. Um, it, it dissettles you. It's disheveling. It, it is exactly what we talked about when we say it's upheaval. This is yeah. upheaval. I mean, for me, and, and, and anyone I think can relate, you say, well, that's, that's a minor thing. You guys are moving offices, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Like these moments happen all the time. Yeah. Um, you enter into a new season with your significant other and you're starting to be more honest about who you are and what you need or what you want. Okay, well, there's upheaval. Yeah. Right. Like, you, yeah, you put it that way. It's happening constantly. It's always, you have yep. another kid. Yep. There's upheaval. You change jobs, you change cities. There's upheaval. Um, I would say in the last, you know, eight to 10 years, uh, there's upheaval in the culture because, you know, it feels now everything feels so, um, microaggressive, uh, draw the line. So there's upheaval. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I think this is the invitation to growth. And, and one of you said it mostly we don't want it. Right. Nobody, nobody says I really want upheaval in my life. Um, we say, no, I like the stability. I like the consistency. I would want to know what to expect. And then we place this onto our faith, our relationship to God. And we say, okay, well, that's how this is supposed to be. If I can manage it, if I can control it, if I can know where it's going, as you said earlier, if I can not get into any mystery, right. like I don't want to get into the unknown. I'm sorry. I thought we were dealing with God. Yeah. I don't want to get into the unknown. Yeah. Let's all keep it bite-sized and boxed in. Then we, then what happens? Like we, we don't grow. Right. We shrink. It's sad. We shrink. And at 80, 70, we become a caricature of probably the worst qualities of ourselves. Yeah. And so in order to, go against the grain, there has to be growth. And in order to grow, it has to be subversion. It has to be, oh, there's another thing attempting at upheaval here, and it's trying to overthrow something. Um, I would I would put it like this. If you're going to talk in, in religious terms, the kingdom of God is attempting to overthrow the kingdom of self. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the battle. It's not the kingdom of God is trying to overthrow you know, uh, in a political realm or we need a, you know, Christian, more Christian leaders and da, 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 da. Like those are fine conversations, but that's, it's actually much bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's really hard work. Like, I feel like there's an opportunity every day to work up, like to wake up and be like, how, how do I subvert my established system? Right. Like I have a personality, I have defense mechanisms. I have all these ways of coping with the world or with people to stay in like the safest lane possible. And that feels all right, but it, but it's just not life giving. If I'm honest, like what's life giving is the hard work of like in each moment, if I can remember 
what does this say about me? What does this mean yeah. for me? What does it mean for others? How, like doing the self-reflective work, it's almost a, a muscle you have to exercise yeah. to, to do it consistently. But well, at the end of the day, it's beautiful and I can sleep easier because I'm like, oh, like it was somewhat painful growth, but it's worth work, worth, or it's work worth doing, you know? Some of the, some of the people talking about transformation today are using the analogy of asleep and awake. And so when you're on autopilot and there's no upheaval, well, there, there's upheaval, but it's not like getting through, penetrating to the deepest core, you're asleep. But when you start to respond to the divine upheaval, you know, to this, yeah. you know, subvertive Jesus who comes in through the side, because I think that's how growth happens. It's not really announced. And think about it. All of his stories are like, oh, the small thing. Oh, the yeah. thing that died. Oh, the leaven in the dough. It's like secret. It's yeah. hidden. It's not, you know, you don't get it's to unexpected, say. unexpected, yes, I think. Unex I don't, you don't get to say, ah, look, look at me. Look how much I'm growing. Yeah. Like somebody said it like this. True holiness is unselfconscious. So, you know, when we're posting about how brave we are. <laughs> yeah. That's. It's not really brave. humble brag. Yeah. Humble brag. <laughs> when we're telling stories about how much we, you know, yeah. sacrificed or were generous or we gave love, that's true holiness is unselfconscious. You don't yeah. know it. That's the, that's the beauty and the secrecy of true growth. You don't really know it. So you're not announcing it. Right. I've had times where I've felt like I've grown like I've been growing and I'm like I just want to tell people that I'm growing and I'm like, "Oh, that's that's <laughs> probably means I haven't grown." Like that's some ego building thing. Sure. Yeah, sure. where it's like we then somebody told me you. like you don't have to tell me when you're growing. I'll just know it when I see it. And I'm like, "Oh, that." Like I hope people can say that to me. Yeah. Like I see you growing. I don't like I don't know. Hope hopefully I don't need to announce it. <laughs> well, I I think I and to be charitable towards you and every other human being who battles ego that's that's pretty normal yeah. oh. i think i'm more humble today than yeah. yesterday i want to shout it from a mountain would you please verify that for me <laughs> <laughs> dang it i already lost wasn't that thing i said so kind and loving yeah, earlier exactly just tell me that it was i'm an all-around desperate guy. <laughs> okay let me dive because we we do have something uh look all of this has been substantial, I would argue, but we have a direction that I wanted to point us in for the next uh, few minutes here. And I want to tell the story of a person in the New Testament who uh, followed, knew Jesus very closely and followed him and, um, you know, probably a very relatable person, very, uh, one of the disciples, one of the 12 disciples known as Peter. So I want to tell a little bit of background about Peter, and then I want to I want to share a story in Acts, the book of Acts chapter 10, and talk about kind of this like upheaval in his life, like w what is going on and how is God attempting to subvert Peter? Mm -hmm. um, and Peter didn't even know it. He had no clue, um, which is good for us. Yeah. So Peter was Peter, uh, probably born around um, zero. <laughs> ADBC. There you go. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Hey man, when were you born? Zero. November. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. a pretty legit like <laughs> Yeah. Uh it'd be easy to keep up with his birthday for, oh, his family. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
what year is yeah, it? Yeah, I'm jealous. I can't remember my age. <laughs> yeah, it's 10. He's 10. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was a member of the uh, Palestinian Judaism before Jesus even enters the scene. Middle class fisherman. Um, so, you know, middle class suburban guy. Has a family. Decent income. You know, maybe makes 80000 100000 a year. Um, provides nice, you know, um, but not too much. Uh, lived in Galilee all of his life, has family there. Um, but the history for Peter would have been painful. Uh, where in the world is God? Where is God? Would have been a question Peter would have uh, wrestled with. They would have felt estranged. I mean, he lived in the Roman under Roman rule, estranged, alone. Um, Peter would have learned about Israel's history in the synagogue from 7 to 14. Um, he would have been a pupil. The boys went to the synagogue and they learned about who they were as Jews and who God was. So two things Peter was very, very certain of who God was and who he was. And he is going to encounter Jesus and Jesus is going to um, attempt an upheaval at you don't actually know who you are <laughs> and you don't know who God is. Can you oh. imagine? Uh, I'm just thinking, Oh boy. Like, yeah. 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 That's a whole lot. I think we could just even stop there. Yeah. Like, don't, aren't we're so certain. I know who I, I know who God is. Yeah. If it doesn't make you squirm a little bit, then yeah. Yeah. And, um, just a little bit, a little bit, even more background, uh, you know, Rome overtook rule through power. So in that time, uh, the Jews thought, well, this is our theology. God gave us muscles and a sword. Do something about it and he'll bless you. So there's this revolt against Rome called the Maccabean uh, Uprising, and they revolt against Rome. And so Peter would have lived his life in the backdrop of that culture. And that would have informed his view of God, his view of himself. And so these expectations of someone's going to come from the line of David, it's a promise from the Old Testament, from the line of David to set things right, you could imagine what Peter expected. This person will probably come similar to the recent revolt, but he'll actually be successful, yeah. overthrow Rome. Peter's very, very certain. I know who I am. I know who God is. And Jesus is going to come and really address Peter's mess underneath because it's a pile of bones and Peter doesn't even realize it. He's, he's, he is a mess inside protected by a thin veneer. It's like a thin layer of ice. You are so certain that you, you know who you are and you know who God is and it's a thin layer. And, and Jesus' aim is to shatter that layer. This is why I don't understand. Sometimes people say, well, I really love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Like, I get that. I get why people say that. I get the sentiment. But then you, okay, well, what about Jesus? And usually it's like, well, kind and all these things. And that's true. He's loving mm -hmm. and kind and compassionate and all that. Thing. And, but really, he's aiming at upheaval in your life. And you don't want it. Yeah. And I don't want it. And if left to our own devices, I'm staying in my office, if yeah. I can use that metaphor. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I'll never leave. I'm never leaving because I like, you have I like to drag me out of expect. here. Yes, I'm certain of that. 
Um, okay, so that's a little bit of the context. And if you look closely at Jesus' interactions with Peter, you'll see that Peter, you, you always wonder why Peter doesn't get it because he's so certain. I know who God is. I know who I am. I know what kind of like Jesus you're supposed to be. I know what growth really is. And this is why I'm fairly certain that growth can't ever come through the front door. Yeah. Because we're so sure of what to expect, we would take it and shape it and form it and make it our own and manage it and measure it and say, well, this is what, this yeah. is what it is. Which promotes, did you say the kingdom of self? Yeah. Like that's, I'm going to make it mine. Yes. I'm going to own it and yeah. pet it and love it. That's so good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and feed it and water yeah. it and make it grow. And look at it. It's adorable. And then invite others to share in it. Yeah. And it's bones underneath. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. It's not fine. <laughs> Nobody's fine. <laughs> Nobody's fine. And true growth is this invitation to get past the thin layer of ice. To We need a healed, as, as um, one person put it, we need a healed self-perception and we need a healed God perception. And they're both interrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to really get to those places of deep, deep, arguably painful healing, we have to get past the certainties. of I'm pretty sure I got life figured out, God figured out, me figured out, you figured out. Yeah. Oh, so, so. Anyways, all right. So much humility that we need. <laughs> all right. <laughs> let me read. Um, let me set the stage for this encounter that uh, uh, Jesus has uh, with Peter. Peter has a vision. And let me set a little bit of the stage. So you heard a little bit about who Peter was. And Jesus came and entrusted this incredible message um, and embodied this wonderful lifestyle for people to then, you know, kind of follow in his footsteps and share the message. Um, And many times we read the book of Acts as if that's happening. Like, oh, this is the spread of Christianity. This is the spread of uh, what we call the gospel, the good news. But that's just not true. It's not happening. Like, it doesn't happen because the disciples didn't quite get past their own faces, so to speak. And the Jews can't get past, like, no who can hear the good news and become a Christ follower? Not the Gentiles. They're dirty. They're on the outside. And so Acts chapter 10, there is a man by the name of Cornelius, and he is a uh, centurion in the Italian regiment, but he's also a, what the Bible calls a God-fearer. So he's, he's a Gentile. He's on the outside, right? Okay. He's not on the inside. Um, and so he has this vision, though, uh, that someone's going to come to him and tell him more about, you know, who God is, who's God revealed himself, uh, that Peter's going to come to him. And so here's a Gentile and he's the, you know, epitome of what well, we don't, we don't share with those people. We don't table fellowship with those people. They're on the outside, they're unclean, therefore they're rejected and all sorts of disgust psychology and theology going on <laughs> yeah. here. Right. Yeah. Um, and then listen to this. This is um, this is what happens to Peter. So Cornelius get this, this gets this vision. Hey, you know, I'm going to send you somebody to teach you more about who God is. And then in verse nine, this is Peter's vision. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. 
It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill, and eat. Surely not, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. So, did the, did the reading have the same effect <laughs> upon you this week? <laughs> it did. I've... <laughs> You just, what, did you like me to record some of reading the Bible? Sure. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob was uh, something enchanted. Mm -hmm. yeah. He loved it. He loved it. Yeah. He kept playing the recording. I loved it too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I do think that passage that we read last week was, oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. I obviously, so I'm editing and putting it together and I listened to it several times in a row. I'm just like, yeah, there was something happening in that moment you know especially for me yeah yeah the word. so okay. here you have to understand this incredible tension for peter as a ceremonially clean jew to have this vision or trance and the sheet come down and then you see uh, four-footed or hoofed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. And then this voice, presumably Jesus, says, kill and eat. And Peter says, no, no <laughs> way. Like, I've never done that. It's, it's basically, you know, hey, hey, everything you were taught as a young Jewish boy about how to please God and what it meant to know who God was and walk within those uh, rhythms, you need to you need to go against that, and so Peter, rightfully so, says, "No, I can't do that." Voice speaks a second time. Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Then it happens a third time, and the sheet was taken back to heaven. Now, this is this is crazy because two levels of subversion here. The first one is God is just inviting Peter to forsake something that he learned growing up. Yeah. I, I just feel like there's something there about, oh my goodness, whatever you learned and however you formed it growing up, you may have to unlearn that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not insignificant. <laughs> like, right. Like it feels like a, like face value, like, oh, just rethink that. Right. God said it, just rethink it. But if that's been ingrained in you and that's like a core value or core belief, whatever it is, like that's really hard. This is, this is his office. This is right. an extension of his self. Yeah. This is his muscle memory. These the grooves are hardwired into his brain. This isn't a simply rational exercise. Right. I should think a little bit differently. Yeah. Like, okay, that makes sense. I'll do that. Yeah. Like, that's that. It's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. You have to interpret this as like, okay, disobey God. Yeah. Well, wait a second. No. Right. So what's his, like, what's going on? And like, God's calling him to disobey what he thinks is God. Like, yes. That yes. is crazy. <laughs> it is. Thank you. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Disobeying disobedience. Ooh, disobeying disobedience. God's inviting, God's inviting Peter to disobey him mm -hmm. as far as he understood this. Yeah. And you have to understand like this is upheaval. 
go backwards against everything I was ever taught. And that's what we do with the invitation. No, mm-hmm. I could never do that. Yeah. That's wrong. I think that's an easy way to like resist growth is like, let's moralize it. That's bad. Yeah. Therefore, I can't do that. It feels like betrayal. So I'm not going to go there. Yeah. And you're so, he's so certain, right? You said it. He's so certain of this thing that yeah. even God can't change his mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. But I feel we do like- it. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, for myself, often, you know, I think we wind up pleading, like, just show me, just tell me, just clear, whatever it is. And then I think a lot of times it happens, but we're just like, well, that can't be it because it's not what we think it should be. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Here's what I, here's what I want, expect clarity. Yeah. Right. Come on. Right. Clarity. Yeah. I, I, clarity can be the enemy of trust. Mm-hmm. Clarity and certainty can be the complete enemy of trust and growth because the, the, the upheaval of the kingdom of God undermining you know undermining the kingdom of self is going to feel very very confusing oh yeah (laughs) very confusing yeah it's like your whole world gets rocked yeah so just in the statement alone in the in the voice of god alone to peter his whole world is, is getting uh disturbed and that's that's what i think that's how growth happens this is the invitation to growth it's not you know on my own willpower do three things and then then I'm going to be a better person, right? It's this, it's this, um, you have to go into the dark. You have to go into the dark and you don't know very much in the dark and you can't see and you can't feel your way out of it and you got to stay there. This had to feel very much like darkness, like backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think about the the quote, the the hardest battle you'll ever fight. If it's the kingdom of God confronting the kingdom of self, it's going to feel yeah, greater than just a pushback. Yeah. It's going to feel like a battle. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think that's that's great. Uh, I think the only way forward is surrender, yield. Like that's the battle we're fighting. It's not I'm victorious on top and I'm winning. It's surrender and humility and brokenness. Like those are the schools. Those are the schools of true spiritual growth. Yeah. And you just, because you, because of the kingdom of self, because of the craving certainty, because like, because of ego, you don't want to submit. Like, I think even aside from God, even if my wife challenges something, it's just so easy to be like, no, like I'm not going to, like that's just going to bounce off whatever defense I have or I'm going to get offended and I'm going to push back. The hard thing to do is to like, let it pierce and be like, maybe, maybe there's truth Ooh, to that's that. Good. But that sucks. Oh. Cause my ego and myself, my kingdom of self has fought really hard to combat anything. Yeah. Anyone will throw at me. Yeah. And, and I think we naturally want to keep putting ourselves together and true growth is to yield to the dismantling yeah. of who we really are. If you could split life into two halves, first half of life is about 
you know, growing up a healthy ego, putting yourself together, uh, getting your identity, all that stuff. And then somewhere late twenties, thirties, forties, depending on your story and how that all works, it's then becomes about, Oh, now I have to unlearn things. Now I have to fall down. I have to die. I have to lose. I have to surrender. Like, and then the real battle and the real work of, I have to continually allow dismantlement and upheaval in my life. And to me, this is the beauty of it. And I know we're, we're a little uh, short on time, but I'd love to hear you, any closing thoughts from you in just a second. <clears throat> this is the beauty of it. Jesus has a conversation with Peter about where he needs to change through the side door. What does he talk about? He talks about food. It's not about food. He's talking about people and Peter's rejection and Peter's walls of those people couldn't possibly be included in God's mission and God's plan. But Jesus doesn't come out and say it. (laughs) He just says, oh yeah, you should eat that. And uh, don't call it unclean, but I've told you to what I've called clean. And it's like, well, wait, what is this about? Yeah. What is he doing? Like, is this about food? Is it about clean and unclean? Like, yeah, that's just the like the entry to the conversation, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. It's so much deeper. Yeah. That's upheaval. That's subversion. I think it's beautiful how the divine works in our life. It's rarely not that. It's <laughs> something else. It's the thing behind the thing behind the thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're willing to look. Yeah. A little bit. But yeah. it is so easy to take. Like he could just take that as, oh yeah, he's talking about food. <laughs> like <laughs> there he is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I don't know any, any closing thoughts from you guys, any just like personal reflections or here's, yeah, I think, uh, personally, even since you started the the podcast and introducing you in this episode, I was just thinking, Oh yeah, that was, that was totally where I was about two, two and a half years ago. Uh, when you were like, Hey, uh, here's the Enneagram. Won't you guys take it? Thing be valuable. And I was like, what, this thing's going to know me. <laughs> and I know I, I fought it. I'm just yeah. like, like it, yeah, right. It's going to be able to pin me down or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll find So I finally did take it. And, uh, it was, oh shoot. Mm. It knows me. Mm-hmm. And what I have since learned is, oh, well, people also already knew that about me. I thought I was doing a really good job of like hiding a lot of, you know, the stuff that of the baggage that I was actually carrying. Yeah. Uh, that the Enneagram helped me uncover, but it was also like my peers saying, Hey, we, yeah, we see that. Yeah. And part of it was inviting me into like, maybe you need to reevaluate some of that. And I would say, incredibly difficult i pushed back hard (laughs) during that process um but it has been probably the most life-giving thing that i've experienced that it's invited me and it is not easy to take that step when it's like that's not come on really yeah it's calling you on your stuff right but i've experienced it and so it's it's like well it's worth the risk even if it doesn't pan out in my mind how I want it 
Cause it's probably not. Yeah. It's worth the risk because I've, I've seen benefit from t- taking that step and okay, I, I guess. Yeah. And it's super well, you, you, it feels like, uh, you know, to use the same analogy with Peter, like it feels like, uh, God got past the veneer. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that veneer will fight very hard to protect like the thin layer. Mm-hmm. But once, once he gets past and we start cooperating and, and yielding in those places, you can't go backwards. No. Right. I think we've talked about that. Yeah. yeah you're like, well, I guess I have to do that thing. Yeah. Like I feel it in my gut that somehow or other, that's the next step for growth. For me, the is this Yeah. six months ago, I wouldn't have sat down here and been a part of a podcast. And I think I told you this is the next big growth area for me because it's terrifying. Oh, I better just sit down and hold the microphone and do the thing. Which is, which is really wonderful. Cause when you know, when anybody knows either of you or myself, they would probably wouldn't say this is growth. But, they, but it's the side door thing. Like, only you know. Like, sure. no, this is complete growth yeah. for me. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and if you don't want to do it, it might be the I've right step. I've worked real hard for people to think those things. Yes. About yeah, yeah, yeah. To, like, exactly. hide all my fears and insecurities and all of those things. And I think that's, like, my thought is growth looks a whole lot more broad. Like, you've named a lot of things that, like, click for me today. Mm. Like, I always thought growth was this, like, it's these steps they're on the it's front a ladder. Door. It's upward. Yeah. yeah. It's yes. Yeah. That's how it's always communicated to us. Right. It's in an society. incline. Yeah. 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 Oh, these it's ten a, it's steps. A these ten steps to da, 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 the, yeah. These three decisions to yeah. better improve. No. It's intentionality, but it's not an upward climb. Yeah. And I think it's unique to every person. Like yeah. there's probably some overlap between even the three <clears throat> of us. There's probably some overlap, but my growth areas, like I said, for me, one's the podcast is not for you Chad. Yeah. like this might be much more comfortable for you or it's i'm comfortable talking i'm not comfortable doing this like starting it and putting okay. it all out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah if you it's definitely growth there, i yeah. believe that anything i have to say is of any value to <laughs> either one of you or anyone who could potentially be listening you're wrong <laughs> listen friends <laughs> with, uh, the three of us in this room are all pretty messed up so <laughs> yeah, you may sure. not feel like that at all you may be like you guys need help <laughs> yeah yes we do we already admit yeah, that yeah. send We're us an therapy. email send us an email <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, I love it. I really think, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing and thanks guys for being here and thank you for listening wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, I would say this, this is why like Enneagram stuff, certain churches, certain communicators, certain people, they are subversive. And if, let me just say this, this may be too bold. If it's poisonous, throw it away. Uh, if the people your your teachers, your spiritual teachers, your spiritual leaders, whoever you're reading, if it's not causing some sort of upheaval in your life, like some sort of disturbance, find somebody new. Because mm-hmm. usually, if it's not, they're just telling you what we already you already know or you already want to think. The thing you're, you're certain about. The thing you're certain it. about. Yeah. Like I'm certain about me and God, mm-hmm. and I'm certain about you and the world. If it's not causing some sort of panic, anxiety of oh gosh that type of change. I can't do that. Right. Which is the best place to be. I'd say, you know, spread out the boundaries a little bit, get some new teachers, Mm -hmm. get some new influences. So thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to the subversive and uh, have a great week. And what, what do we say? Click on the thing. Yeah. Be sure to be sure to subscribe, <laughs> leave a review wherever you listen to a podcast. Yes. Uh, we have an email. Come on. So you can email us questions or if you want to like chime in, whoop, like, whoop. we'll totally bring 
whoever you are, like your voice into it. We'll read that email. Yeah, we're not desperate, something. but you're welcome to join us. <laughs> the uh, the subversive podcast at gmail.com. And that'll be in the show notes. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thank you.